You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. Okay, and we're live. How are you, people? Uh, welcome to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Phillips of uh, Creative Fun Chat Live. Um, but tonight, Tuesday, as always, eight o'clock. On Facebook or YouTube, it's all about the Sports Therapy Association podcast, uh, putting some evidence back into soft tissue therapy. So uh, welcome. If you are um, listening to the podcast, that's fine. That's great. Thank you very much for your support. Um, This is recorded live. If you want to join us live and be able to ask guests live, then you can do that. Um, It's on a Tuesday night, like I say, at eight o'clock. And you can join uh, via the Facebook page, um, uh, Sports Therapy Association or you can join via YouTube live stream as well. Um, and uh, that way you can intermingle with other soft tissue therapists. It's a great way of networking. And of course you can ask our guests uh, questions live. Um, but if you do prefer in your own time to chill out and listen to the audio, then that's great. But please, please do if you can down, um, leave a rating and a review as long as it's kind of a five and amazing clues that word, that'd be great. Uh, Cause it just helps the podcast um, appear more in Google search results. That's the only reason it's what changes a podcast from maybe 2000 downloads a month, which is what we kind of get now, which is great to three, four, five, six thousand, and then a million. We really need those ratings um, to help us. So much appreciated. Um, obviously if you want to watch the recording, you can go to YouTube, it'll be on there. You can also go to the sports therapy association, um, website at thesta.co.uk. All of the show notes and the uh, access to the YouTube video is put on there as well. You can have a little look around the STA webpage. Um, so, and there you go. So, uh, before we bring up tonight is a new month. Okay, very excited, starting a new focus. It's working very well, this focus thing, um, because it's giving some shelf life to very important topics. So, last month was all about CrossFit. Uh, we finished off with a fantastic. Uh, Part four uh, with Michaela Breeze MBE, probably one of the most uh, famous weightlifters from Great Britain, double Olympian, six medal winning Commonwealth champion, an absolute huge powerhouse, no pun intended, a resource for anybody who is interested in weightlifting, Olympic lifting. It was really interesting as well because Michaela obviously comes from that background very big in in giving seminars in CrossFit gyms and trying to kind of mix the two together. It was great how Michaela said that thanks to CrossFit, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting has continued because otherwise it would have just died from stagnancy. But there were some interesting um, warnings that Michaela was putting out there from what she sees goes on in some CrossFit gyms. She's very quick to say it's not all of them. So if you do have any CrossFit clients, then good idea to check out the episode with Michaela. Uh, especially if they're coming in a little bit injured and also watch out if uh, for workshop dates with Michaela, there are some seminars being planned for soft tissue therapists specific for you guys. If you're an SDA member that will come out on newsletters. So make sure you are checking your spam folder with that in mind. Um, the latest SDA newsletter has come out. Check your spam folders. If you haven't received it. It appeared today. And in there, there is, I've been told, well, I have seen it actually because I opened it up. It's uh, There's an important survey which needs uh, filling out. Say no more than that. Just have a look in there. And also there's details on what we're going to talk about tonight with half of um, who we intended. Deborah Thurlow-Roley hasn't made it so far, but we're keeping our eyes open. But we do have Dr. Fiona Higgs and both of these um, STA members. And you'll be familiar with them because of fantastic workshops and seminars put on by uh, Dr. Fiona Higgs. Um, and also you may have seen Deborah for, um, uh, Rowley in uh, at Therapy Expo this year, back in or last year, November. We did a fantastic, well-received presentation on endometriosis. So we're going to have half of that partnership up very shortly. Uh, Dr. Fiona Higgs will be with us. Just checking. I've got all of my back office work out of the way. I think we have. So. Without further ado, then, I shall bring up Dr. Fiona Higgs and we'll be listening about a very exciting project coming up all to do with women's health. So a great way to start off this February focus on women's health. So for people who aren't aware of who you are, Dr. Fiona Higgs, maybe give us a little brief um, summary of particularly how you've arrived to this point in your career where you've put together this project. Oh, where to start? Um, (laughs) Well, the... 
in a nutshell, um, I'm a sports massage and exercise therapist, but my background is in sport and exercise science and mainly research, research and teaching. Um, and I currently, I guess that like a lot of people, have a mainly virtual consultation kind of clinic but I also deliver workshops and courses online covering mostly biomechanics uh, sort of from an introductory level um, and I ended up kind of on this subject area really I guess if there are a lot of people maybe listening who um, have followed uh, the SDA podcast might have seen me on here talking about um some women's health kind of related issues just because I kind of chimed in on a, a string um I think Matt you posted something about uh NSAIDs being banned from a particular event in the states an ultra marathon event and um being a woman uh who relies on NSAIDs for certain types of uh pain uh once a month I thought I'd chime in with a, a sort of perhaps a different um, insight, just that that is something that could be detrimental uh, or maybe a little disheartening to uh, female participants in that event if that they were relying on it to get through it. So, yeah, that was how I kind of started the conversations, I suppose, on that um, with you, Matt. And then um, Gary, uh, I'd never met Debs, um, but we are going to be working together um and I suppose we're going to talk about that a bit more but we met through Gary so I don't know how far to kind of go into that topic or what your question is going to be but... how did you feel about Gary when you first met him no we won't go down that road uh-huh. Gary's actually in the house here Gary if people are listening and don't realize Gary Benson is the founder of the Sports Therapy Association um and is actually in the house tonight um so hi Gary thanks for joining us um yeah that was amazing that that was really good I love following you on social media and have done for a while because it one it was just a great interjection it was really polite and it was brave in a sense um because most of the other thread was going about time too we know that NSAIDs are terrible for endurance athletes and it causes all sorts of terrible problems and even death and you had the kind of I can't say balls now can I really you had the ovaries to go in there given that it's women's health month you had the ovaries to go in there and actually say hold on a sec um what about people who female athletes who depend on these NSAIDs to actually be able to compete we saying you can know and it was brilliant because I watched one by one everyone else in the thread who had been kind of saying all this very mainstream NSAIDs are bad NSAIDs are bad going oh yeah you got a point there it was brilliant it was great and we did a show about it um at anyway so yeah that thread raised awareness that women in sport is still a topic full of misconceptions um, and misinformation and no information. So, Fiona, is that kind of part of the reason why um, this project has emerged? I think actually, when you were saying misconceptions, you kind of slowed down with myths. And I thought you were going to say mystery. Um, I do think oh, that mis- okay. mysteriousness in terms of like a lot of women or people with female reproductive organs do not necessarily share their experience and so it's just quite a personal thing and for that reason there's not always a lot of openness and discussion around the things that might be affecting them and it may not be that there's even a lack of interest it might be just that there's just not conversation going on and I do think that in the recent months and throughout maybe towards this side of Covid we've had a lot more conversation certainly on social media with the SGA um it's interesting to know like whether or not this issue is kind of being more openly discussed in other kind of fields related to ours but um yeah like I do think there's a bit more openness and um but it is somewhat of a mystery and also you don't learn a lot when you're younger and in school and like going through adolescence um and that, those are the years when you kind of need to really start learning about um your you know how your body's working yeah i mean we we've talked to already we had um emma brockwell on the show gonia donnelly we also talked to male uh, physios as well um and it still if you're in the profession seeing people it still seems to be like you said mystery taboo not talked about um still 
bad information coming from GPs has been a theme that's that's come across as well. Um, yeah, so no, it's great. And how's this? Um, really, what if you can't if you can't see um, the uh, live share on the cameras? I'm just wondering what has happened to Debs now. It's I don't know. We'll wait till we hear from her. But yeah, how's the project going to work? Um, it's called. Let's just. Is it definitely going to be called the Wist Podcast now? Believe that. Is that going to catch on? Is it? Yeah. Wist. I like it. W I S T. Women in Sports Therapy. Yeah. W I S T. It's nice. We need more acronyms. The Wist Podcast. Yeah. So how's it going to work? What's the format going to be then? What have you got set up? So we do have a, um, a schedule of um, five episodes um, per series lined up and the idea was that um we wanted it to be um primarily uh discussions on health issues that are affecting um both uh therapists and patients or clients of therapists um and we do also want to have some in interesting subject discussion around um making decisions in life or around business or work work-life balance um as well as maybe one or two interviews with people who um, might be of interest to to the listeners um so it's going to be a bit of a mixture of content really um and it will be pre-recorded so we're not planning to do a live broadcast like this podcast we'll be doing a um a kind of like a, a recording uh releasing a recorded podcast once a month uh <laughs> towards the end of the month it wasn't really like meant to be a pun that but um it kind of sounds like it uh, once a month um i already just got it my bloke sorry you got it so yeah um yeah so towards the end of the month we've got some dates in so the 28th of february should be the first podcast going out uh episode and it will be i'm i'm actually probably going to be calling upon scott and uh matt to maybe help with some of the uh technical stuff um but with any luck it will all be arranged and and on all the main uh podcasting platforms that the, the current uh podcast is on too so yeah that's super yeah well let's start with a little bit of a teaser about um what you've got coming up you mentioned that well, what's the opening episode going to be on february the 28th what are you going to be talking about so we've got quite a probably one of the most um under discussed i guess um topics which is um periods that are maybe excessive in blood loss um and the, the problems that that can lead to in terms of deficiencies and anemia um so a lot of people may not know that there is more than one type of anemia um not just iron but also folate and b vitamins as well so um yeah and we're, we're hoping that because both debs and i have had experience of this that we can kind of bring our knowledge and what we've learned to the discussion um and there is actually i suppose quite a lot of um just things that you might miss um through a standard kind of assessment of a client um and and also just like subject matter that maybe not that well easy to broach bro what's the word broach uh, a subject with a with a client but if you if you notice some of these symptoms they might actually help you to help them and if there are also therapists listening who've had experience of that it could be a nice way to kind of you know get some ideas of how to deal with it and ask for help particularly from gps you know i think a lot of people um when when we're trying to either deal with a problem personally or for a client it can be difficult to know how to actually ask the right questions and push the right buttons and get the referrals that we need to either services or um you know uh, amenities or yeah whatever you might need i think it was interesting when i was when we were talking off air about your plans that obviously the audience is going to be primarily soft tissue therapists am i right with that yeah yeah but it's not just for, I think I probably assumed in the beginning, it's going to be advice for soft tissue therapists on how to look after clients that come in with maybe symptoms, asking the right questions, sending out to the right healthcare professional if you notice something needs kind of assessing uh, by somebody else. But also it's interesting to hear, it'll also be an opportunity for sports um therapists uh female sports therapists to actually know more about themselves and how to deal with something they may be experiencing 
Um, Debs, can you hear me okay? Do you get the impression that there may be female sports therapists out there who could do with some self-education or maybe their own bodies and maybe symptoms they're getting and rather than persevering and trying to continue their kind of uh, profession, they, they could do with some education themselves? Um, I think it's about sharing the information as well, you know, trying to um, all sing off the same hymn sheet. I know that sounds quite sort of cliche, but I think it's more about um, making it okay to not be okay and share that, um, making sure that symptoms that we may be feeling across the board on a health basis are normal, okay. It's okay to speak about it. Let's talk about some of them. And then some of the subjects that we'll be mentioning, um, I don't know whether Fiona's kind of said already, are non-health based as well. So again, sharing um, knowledge, sharing information, I think is, is where it's key. So from a sports perspective, um, when it comes to um, pains or um, say menopause or any of the other topics that we're, we're going to be picking up, endometriosis, um, loan working, etc. Um, my belief is that the more we make it normal, the less <gasps> it is, you know. That's a really good point. And that reminded me actually of the idea about sharing, talking. That's something we touched on when we had the episode on feeling safe. And um, we had people, sports therapists coming up, sharing their experiences, ranging from just inappropriate comments all the way to stalking and getting the police involved. And and one of the themes that came up was nobody felt they could talk about it or yeah, you know, they didn't want to mention it. Um so this yeah, so as far as women's health goes, I mean that's kind of part of women's health anyway, isn't it? Um but um yeah, so I like it, all about communication. So and and let me just get this clear for people who just joined us or maybe listening to the podcast here. If people want to come and listen, that's going to be possible, is it? You can come and listen live or is it going to be released just as a recording? No, I think at the, at the moment we're, we're so it is actually interesting. So as a discussion point in itself, trying mm. to balance work and life and, you know, meet your commitments, but without really um over over committing is that the right word like or, or, mm. or yeah we we talked about this quite a bit actually just you know through discussing what we wanted to cover on on the podcast and realized yeah. where we were going to need to draw our boundaries um in terms of like scheduling and trying to meet the needs for the sta and the members we feel at the moment that the best offering that we can give is a recording that's well planned and has meaningful content and then answer questions that come in in a kind of organized fashion and have time to prepare answers and kind of give more thought um at the end of the series so our final episode i think Debs and i have agreed that we'll record it later so we'll be releasing a monthly episode from february march april may and then our and june i think and then yeah maybe it's a six no yeah i think i might have put in yeah, I think our Q&A, maybe the sixth episode or the fifth episode, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure we read on five episodes. I might have planned yeah. one from week. Yeah, week. <laughs> okay. yeah five, definitely. <laughs> and just to reiterate, STA members, I mean, one of the massive advantages among the many of being an STA member is all this information is on the STA newsletter that's just gone out. So make sure you do check your spam folders in case you haven't received that. Gary works painstakingly and the rest of the team to send these emails out so if you haven't received anything today and you're an sta member then do check your junk mail or spam because all you've got to do is say accept this then in theory um, although we know that you know we sometimes get it technical problems don't we but in theory once you say the sta address is safe then your computer should bring it to your inbox um great so i mean that's really interesting in itself i think that's classic because I think in one of the episodes, you're going to be talking about work-life balance. And here we have a real-life example of two female therapists who are trying to put together a project to help other female therapists. But work-life balance is getting in the way. And as meant, you've got to do it this way. I think that's really interesting. Um, OK, well, it sounds like a fantastic project. And what else have we got coming up? Um, we've mentioned the first one is a period's excessive blood loss. Actually, before we do that, let me just not forget there's other people in the room. We've got a question here. Actually, Gary's asked a question here. Well, let's go. Becky, first of all, 
um, has said, great point. Um, I have personal experience with B12 deficiency. This personal experience has enabled me to pick up on B12 deficiencies walking into my clinic. Okay, so that's something. Thanks for sharing, uh, Brilliant. Becky. Brilliant, Becky. Yeah. Um, and then with regards to um, menstrual cycle, Gary says 64% of our members are female. How does period health affect their clinical practice or working as part of a sports team? I'm sure it's not as easy as cancelling clients or planning diaries in advance. Deb, mm -hmm. you're shaking your head there. Um, a period app. <laughs> that helps to know when it's coming. <laughs> Um, or if you're non-bleeder, um, so if you're hormone replacer, um, we'll go through this on, on the podcast a bit more, but it, it depends on, on what the woman is, is controlling her periods with. If they're controlled, um, you know, uh, it's got a bit more of a diary. If not, not controlled, um, then a period app is quite good to try and work around that sort of situation. Uh, knowing your trigger foods, um, knowing what stresses you out because stress can bring on a bleed depending on your age. So there's loads of different factors. But if you're aware of those factors, you can then kind of manage things a bit better. That's very interesting. So rather than, I mean, it might get to the stage where for some people you do have to plan your work and commitments around it, but there's also other things you could do to try and avoid that by working out things like triggers and diets and all the things you've mentioned. Hmm. Yeah, I'd try um, actually and, and just add that um, I think if you look at um, it's I know it's a new subject area and it certainly doesn't necessarily it, it certainly doesn't like a menstrual cycle does not fall by any means under the social model of disability. <laughs> um, but when you look at how I don't know how familiar our listeners or you Matt or Debs like are with this concept but like our social model of disability views like the barriers that um, people experience who have a disability as being created by society purely based on the fact that most people wouldn't consider them barriers. So, like, I mean, a good example that might like be um, similar to in, in theory to it is if you're a short person and you're trying to buy long trying to buy trousers they might be too long for you because most people are an average height or the majority of people will be able to buy an average length trouser or if you're tall for example you might struggle to find them long enough and our world is designed for the average person um unfortunately you know because there's uh, almost an equal split in our society it's 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 really i think down to um, the way that we've developed as like men have typically worked more and been responsible for design elements of our environment and like the work environment too and we don't have considerations our whole social uh, construct or the idea of our workplaces are, is not to really um, work around the needs of, of women or, or people with a menstrual cycle if you think of it that way and, and hormonal fluctuations in themselves like for example for me I'm not as affected hormonally like in terms of mood by uh day one of my period <laughs> but like halfway through ovulation it can be really really a tough time for me and um you know not many people will even be aware of that like themselves mm -hmm. about their own pattern um and it it does take like uh, Deb suggested, you know, tracking your cycle and your symptoms, you'd be amazed how the pattern is so obvious. And you may never realise, I only realised as I sort of got into my early 30s, I'm now 35, like, you know, I've spent all of my adult life feeling like I'm on an emotional roller coaster, feeling like I'm the only one, when mm. there's a risk all along, I just wasn't I wasn't aware of it, didn't even know. Write down when you get your period and that's it. You know. And even that word in itself has probably got, you know, the minute you say period, <laughs> it's either it's you know, divides the room. <laughs> Menses, that works. Menses. Yeah. Very clinical though, but yeah. Good points, Fiona. Yeah, very good. I I could just I'm uh, this I I can't it's gonna be so good listening to you too and the things you're talking about and it is so interesting about things which I think um a lot of people won't be aware of, both men and women, which brings me on to my next question. Um, are you expecting your audience for these five or six episodes to be primarily 
women or do you think there'll be something of value for for men to tune in and listen to do you want me to answer you can go for it Debs. Go for okay. Debs. um ideally i would love men to be part of it as well because it's going to affect their daily life um as gary mentioned sorry Debs. sorry i just want to sit back a little bit because i'm scared that this is going to be too loud that's it yeah, yeah. All right. yeah put your feet up and kind of sit back keep my voice down as well thank you yeah we can hear you really loud here that's all okay so um i would love men to be part of it because i think that it affects men and there's a lot of uh, male therapists out there that have females coming into their clinics as well so it's really important that they can then give the advice for example on, on painful periods and how they manage them you know have you tried a period app um, are you monitoring what's happening I see a lot of women come through the clinics that I work in on my own um, that are dealing with perimenopause and menopausal symptoms that people don't expect, you know, stiff neck, frozen shoulder, um, and actually they're linked to, to some menopause symptoms. And it's not till they're in acute and chronic pain, sometimes chronically acute pain, that um, we end up going, hmm. And I asked the question because I'm so blunt anyway. I'm like, can you just tell me about your periods? What's going on on that side of things? And, and women will directly say that. I think from a male's perspective, and the podcast, I think, will will cover this. Um, but how does a male therapist then ask a woman, oh, can you just tell me about your periods as well? I think as a woman to woman, it's much easier to open that conversation. But I would like to share on, on possibly how a male might ask that question as a male therapist. How would you... It's not a comfortable conversation. So how would you put that out? And I, I've got a few ideas to put through. Great. So it sounds, uh, yeah, sounds a great value to to guys as well. And hopefully if you are listening to the podcast, then that makes perfect sense. You know, tune in because I imagine probably at least, if not more, um, half of your population who come and see you are going to be um, female. And yeah. And as we as we saw, I mean, it was a we've had a few episodes now where we talked about disorders and diseases that go diagnosed. When we had the um, episode on endometriosis with yourself, Debs, um, you kind of highlighted the fact that it can go undiagnosed for how many years? Was it like 10 years or something? The stats kind of showed. Yeah, on average, it's come down to um, a diagnosis can take now seven and a half years. But originally, yeah, it was like 10 years. I mean. Yeah, I was in my 30s before I knew and I'd had it since I was 13. So, yeah, it can take a long time. And this is because it's the right questions haven't been asked, maybe because of embarrassment or what do you think the biggest factor is? Is it lack of knowledge? That and communication, sharing, sharing knowledge like we're going to be doing on the podcast, sharing and opening up the can of worms, if you like, opening um, the transparency. It's important um, to share. Like you were saying about, you know, male therapists um, coming and, and having a look at the podcast as well. The more information you have, the, the better, the more knowledge you can put forward, the, the better the therapy that you're going to give. So I think it's important, not just on female health matters, because we'll be covering other topics as well. But it's a good uh, way of seeing it from the female perspective and how it may affect other females within your environment um, and having a more rounded approach to, to life as a, as a male or female. Um, the more knowledge you have, the better you can help others, I think. Yeah, and, and to add to that as well, like just, you know, from a perspective, you asked about male listeners and female listeners and like really it's just anyone, anyone at all. You know, it doesn't matter how you identify uh, what your situation is, like if you point. any kind of like um, questions or issues on subjects that relate to this this type of topic, um, you're welcome. And um, I think that um, from a perspective of just like feeling comfortable talking about subjects too um, like I don't I think that even in our personal lives like when we're interacting with say people in our family or household um, that's a good place to start practicing talking about it because sometimes it's really hard to like open these subjects up with clients but um, yeah like just having some people to listen to who are talking about it is a good place to start and understand and you don't always have to 
actually talk about it as well. Sometimes it's just considering, is this person experiencing something Mm. like they don't have any control over themselves because I know I've spoken with women who are going through perimenopause and menopause and it's like their bodies are out of control you know you, you literally can't there's nothing you could do almost for certain mm. times so understanding that and giving you know some consideration to that and like um, like Fiona's saying, um, you know, everyone is welcome, regardless of how you identify it. Absolutely, absolutely right, Fiona. Um, and from a perspective of female health, um, so for example, endometriosis, it's found in um, mostly women, but obviously any women that have um, had a gender change, obviously that can then affect their lives to do with hormonal change because of um, tablets that have had to go on for that that to happen or however you identify there can be other obstacles that we face when we come to then having a, a massage you know um that can be awkward and and let's talk about it you know it's, it's absolutely fine no problem whatsoever with therapists so you know let, let's open it great there's um there's a question here from becky which i want to bring up but before we do that this isn't it's great that people are starting to ask questions you, you kind of put, I saw in the newsletter that you put, if people are interested in hearing about certain topics in discussions and they can email you. And um, what was the contact email again? Did we go for a WIST one? Did we? It was WIST, wasn't it? Yeah. W-I-S-T like it. at the sda.co.uk, I believe. It's beautiful. That's the one. Yeah. I will make sure that go into the show notes. So you're happy for people to email you at W-I-S-T, which is Women in, in, women in Sports Therapy. So W-I-S-T at the sta.co.uk don't forget about the the in front of sta yeah you're happy for people to kind of email you and say oh can you talk about this and do this that's okay yeah i think uh we we haven't had a chance to sort of fully get into the inbox so please bear with us if it takes a day or two um maybe by the weekend we'll have succeeded with that but um yeah like please do get in touch especially if there's subjects or topics that you'd like to hear of or, or questions you'd like us to answer um, on the podcast specifically, um, yeah, I think it would be it would be great to hear from people who have an interest. Superb! And there's the address up on the screen there, Gary. produced by Gary, um, founded the STA. Brilliant! Yes, the WIST WIST at the STA.co.uk. So, with that in mind, then Becky's put something here which you don't have to go into too much detail. Um, but it's an example of a question that's come up. Um, I'll read it out for people who are listening um, to the podcast or watching it. I'd be interested, says Becky Carroll, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on contraceptive pills and their effects on female athletes and women as a whole. Obviously a big topic. What kind of enters your mind, first of all, when someone asks about how the contraceptive feels potentially affecting my performance or... Yeah, I don't know like I, I have quite um I think it's it, it like in my view it's down to the individual and every person is different and you know the the hormone that's in that contraceptive if we're talking about um yeah the oral pill um you can either have a combined pill or um an estrogen only pill and that will really affect your kind of uh your whole endocrine system so it's not a, a light consideration. I do think that doctors can generally just de decide to prescribe it um, to patients for it's considered almost like a cure all uh, fix for what could be actually quite a, a simple, sim much simpler fix. Like Deb said, you know, you can do things like change your diet, uh, supplement your you know nutrients, and see a ch or exercise even things that perhaps a GP may not have time to address in a, a, an appointment um, but will often prescribe a contraceptive um, to manage symptoms. Sometimes it's absolutely necessary and it's 100% the right thing um, but I've been offered it before for um, actually a misdiagnosis and um, ended up having horrendous migraines um, and you know I, it clearly wasn't right for me um, but I think di different people have different, you know, different experiences with it. And for athletes, you know, um, it could affect their performance, but it may may provide them with some sense of control over their cycle. Um, so, yeah, regulating uh, symptoms. 
So yeah, it's it swings and roundabouts really, in my opinion. And Deb's concept appeal in your experience of working with people who might be affected by that. What have you seen? What words of advice do you have? Um, I didn't actually hear the question because my mom. Oh yeah, you were going to. Sorry. No, it's just a question from Becky about um, yeah thoughts on contraceptive pills and the effects they can have on female athletes. Is it an issue that you see? Yep. Um, so contraceptive um, pill. There's so many out there now, um, and there's so many options that a lot of women are quite um, used to being guinea pig till something fits with them. So if there's a big sporting event coming up. Um, there are women that are frightened to sort of dabble with the contraception because they don't know what's going to happen. So it can be quite frightening, I think, um, to work out what's going on. Again, I'd go back to the period app and sort of say, like, where am I at with this? What's going on? Because you don't want to be unpredictable and try and try and plan it if you can. Um, but there are so many different variations that it's difficult to know um, which would be better it depends on the sport that you're doing. Um, it depends on you as an individual, like Fiona said. It can be very, very difficult to um, manage if you've gone on to the, to the wrong one. Or like from my own example, um, I was seven years completely hormone free. Um, frustratingly, um, because of my age, I then had to now look at contraceptive pill. And I, I had um, a bit of a, an issue. I had a 17 day bleed where I was really anemic uh, over Christmas really poorly um i actually worked over christmas um, as well so um i had to battle so i'm talking from experience um now the concept of pillars is sort of evened itself out um but it's something that i went back to from when i was 17 years old i, I recognized it i knew it i felt safe but i think a lot of women um they go to a gp they get prescribed particular things that they've got a two three year head uh, span ahead of them to work out can I, can I do this and if they're going for a sporting event or whatever it is um, it's really important that they've only got a certain level of time to get their training in to get their nutrition right to then perform at their best ultimate um, way um, the contraceptive pill is like really this on top of everything else that I want to do so it can be quite frustrating I think from a, from a sports element um, but that on the flip side as Fiona said, um, to be able to control some of it with nutrition and diet, I think you can balance out or supplements, uh, for example, starflower oil. You can, you can try and balance out some of that impact of the contraceptive pill if it's being utilised for management of periods. Um, if it's being utilised for contraception, then obviously you've got a double-edged sword that you, you may have different op options. Go to a gynaecologist, you know, the GP. Great, but if you're a serious sports person and you've got special things in, in place, has to be referred to a gynecologist for sure. Get it, get it right quicker. That's interesting. You're, you're saying this. That was going to be kind of my leading on question next. Is I think I mentioned in a blurb that the fantastic responsibility which we should welcome is that a lot of people in pain are going to come to us first of all because they feel that a massage are going to sort it out people in pain not all people but a lot of people like that contact it's also now to get away from things that are triggering you off and you get to lie down and it's just fantastic and you feel great there's a lot of empathy consideration you build a relationship all that but that gives us the onus of making sure that rather than letting that person come to see us eight weeks in a row without asking them questions we do ask the questions and form this kind of healthcare circle around us where we can send them to different people mm. i think in a lot of these cases how do you it's important that we don't come out of our scope of practice um so are you planning to kind of cover or have you got any advice now on where not to cross the line so where you just said for example it's great if, if you're a serious athlete and you've seen to gp then now we've got the knowledge you should go and see a gynecologist and that's brilliant because that's something which we can do we can sow that seed and we're not saying anything or being out of order or, you know giving advice out of our scope we're just redirecting people which is part of our job but can you see people you know um going out of the scope of practice a little bit where where do you draw the line yeah, you're asking me matt don't mind. You can fight it out. You two are going to have to sort this out. I knew when it comes to podcast. Good practice now. <laughs> Go for it, Dabs, if you formulate. Okay. No problem at all. So um, I believe in signposting wherever possible. I'm not a gynaecologist. I'm not 
you know, whatever I'm not, you know, I am a massage therapist. That's what I do. Um, so I can pick up these things. I also have 17 years worth of life experience based around this therapy as well. So I've been doing this, you know, 17 years. Um, so there's life experience where I can say, in my experience, this is what's happened. Um, or in experience of another person, um, I found or they found that it, the best route for them was this. Perhaps you'd like to try that. So it's more suggestive signposting. Um, mm-hmm. But I think where you could cross the line is thinking you have to know everything. Or where you could cross the line is you should know everything. You don't have to. You just need to be aware of it, um, I believe, um, and then suggest options. Um, and if that person doesn't want to take them, you're not forcing them. You're not a GP. You don't have to do that. Obviously, if you have other things within your practice, so so you do dry needling, so you do cote or whatever you do, then obviously you can utilise those because that's what you're qualified in. But if you're looking at passing somebody to a gynaecologist, you, you would suggest going through the right route. So you would say, go to the GP, get the GP to refer you, things like that, um, because that's the right way, I believe, that you would help somebody that's coming to you. They're coming to you for a massage or they're coming to you for sports therapy or whatever they're coming to you for, you recognise that there may be other things going on which you're not able to treat. So I think you don't have to cross the line. You um, should be aware that you don't have to say, I, I can fix that for you because you can't. Yeah, and to, to, to add to that as well, you know, I think Andy Glover has put a comment um to mm. say that um, having seen a female client who hadn't had a regular period for 10 years, talking about this as a male therapist is a must. And he says he was the fourth female, uh, fourth male therapist to see the client, uh, but the first to ask anything about periods or menstruation, and this has to change. And that's so mm, true. Thanks, Andy. So yeah, true. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, like the signposting is 100% essential like knowing at least where to kind of get an idea of where to refer people um is great but also you know in order to get to that point of referring people you really need to be like happy enough to just kind of open up the conversation um so you know as a starting point really just yeah like recognizing and keeping an eye out for where symptoms might be crossing over with if you've got musculoskeletal specialism is it just musculoskeletal? You know, is that backache happening at particular times in the month, or is there something going on that's a bit more likely to be hormonal, that kind of thing, and headaches and migraines, and um, yeah, like generally feeling also like connections with um, mood. And um, we talk about anxiety and depression as like standalone symptoms of you know, mental health but they are also influenced we are our hormones basically whether you're a man or a woman or anything else you you know that is is the fact so we have to consider these things in our work with whoever we're working with Mm -hmm. absolutely can i add into that matt Mm, um so absolutely what fiona said but also from an element of people are a whole being so we may be targeted on a sports vein um, to achieve something we may be targeted to be out of pain and that's our achievement from a massage therapist uh, therapy session but i think we're all about the whole being as well so how are you doing are you stressed out because of stuff at, at home like trying to be mindful how do you sleep what are you eating you know, it's about the heart. Do you exercise? What do you what do you do, you know, to help yourself? We're, we're, we're people that come in to, to see me. I'm like, right, we're a team now. Let's get you better. Let's get you up and running, literally. Um, and let, let's see what we're doing. So if it means that we can't do all of those elements, they've got to do some of it themselves. We can only do provide an hour's worth of element to that or whatever we've got them in our clinic for. And then they have to go off and do their own thing because they're responsible for themselves. So it's kind of handing the baton back to them a little bit and saying, look, you can come in here every single month with a neck pain. But if you're still sleeping upside down and eating chips every single day, it's not going to work. You know, so there's an element where you kind of have to be a bit sort of 
I don't want to say forceful because that's the wrong word, but you have to be kind of like, come on, you know, you come in here for a lovely massage, but actually, you know, there's some work for you you need to do um, for people that um, probably don't have that mindset. Um, I think that that's just what I wanted to add in. Yeah, no, great advice. It's all it's all part of this moving away from 100% hand techniques and manual therapy techniques, which you can still use, but learning how to use this and these, isn't it? More the whole that's useless for people listening to the podcast. For people listening to the podcast, I just pointed to my mouth and my ears. Um, but yeah, it's all about that, isn't it? Um, and I can hear from listening to both of you that that seems to be such a massive part of when you're treating people, you know, listening. Um, the whole subjective thing, talking and asking more questions, building on it, uh, as well as, like you said, if you um, are happy administering dry needling or KT table, there's other things, great. And if they enjoy it, then great. That's definitely a form a part of it. But, yeah, the listening and the speaking and referring out, huge, very sensible advice. Um, it's going to be exciting to see you two or listen to you two working together. Um and just to reiterate, if you joined us, uh, if you just tuned in, or you're listening to kind of a someone's just shown this to you. But yeah, the WIST, the WIST is going to be called the WIST, um, Women in Sports Therapy. And the email address, if you want to um, discuss or share anything, send them as much emails as you want. I'm not reading them. So, yes, yeah, send them as much as you like. And it will be <laughs> the, the WIST, um, WIST at the STA.co.uk. Um, is that fine? I'm just, you know as much as you like we'll give out mobile numbers as well uh, on the show notes <laughs> anyway um <laughs> what um it's uh, you've, you've planned kind of six episodes have you got kind of like i'm putting you on the spot for this because we're coming to the end of the hour but what is your kind of biggest goals of this what are you really hoping that and you might have said it already but what are you hoping that people get out of this like um whether it's male, female, whatever, what do you hope this helps improve? Well, like just, um, I mean, to put it as simply and plainly, because I think it's been the, 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 the main vein of the conversation is like to open up the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Deb's feels the same way. Absolutely that. Yeah. More knowledge across the board and transparency is the way forward. So the more we share the more the stronger we are as an industry and the more people are helped that way so yeah that's fine that's a very good answer i just wanted to hear you say it again and it is so important and i don't know about you guys but sometimes i feel i worry um that oh there's so much out there there's so many podcasts people must be sick of it by now but there's a lot of kind of you can't do it you can't repeat this message enough can you especially when it comes to working with people in pain there's there's nowhere nowhere near oversaturated with quality information out there so i don't know whether you guys feel like that but sometimes i think oh here we go another podcast you know everyone knows it but there's such a lot of uh, misinformation or, or uninformed people out there so it's great that you two are going to contribute i'm sure it'll be really well received um becky cowell has said great chat look forward to tuning into the podcast just to reiterate the first one will be coming out all things well um on the 28th was it of february yeah, 28th of February, that's your episode one, isn't it? 28th. It'll that's be what's all on the newsletter. Day of the month, I think, we agreed. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so then we've got the 28th of March, 25th of April, and so on. Um, yeah, very exciting. Looking very much forward to it. Brian Huxley has said, great chat, guys. Thank you very much. Um, Louise Aker, thank you again. Everybody who's joined us live, thank you so much for giving up your time to join us. Louise Aker says, really looking forward to the podcast so much. I can share in my ladies' running club too. Most definitely. Share, share, share um and uh yeah direct people maybe to 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 this show as well if they want to be live um if they want to chat about it or give some feedback i mean it'd be nice to catch up with you two guys maybe in the middle of when you've put a few episodes out to hear how it's going on what surprises you've had uh, maybe some feedback um some yeah how things have changed in your yeah that'd be good wouldn't it sometime maybe mid-april that'd be good we can put that in fantastic Okay, I'm so glad, Debs, that it worked in the end. Your sound's beautiful now. I don't know how. (laughs) No, it's great. I'm really glad it worked. These things do kind of happen. Um, So thank you, um, Deborah Thurlow-Rowley. It's like a tongue twister, your name for for me. I really struggle with (laughs) Thurlow-Rowley. 
it's easy to say curly whirly, but that's just your own. Curly whirly. Thank you, Deborah Thurlowly. And thank you to um, Dr. Fiona Higgs as well. Um, if people want to follow you um, on social media or what's the best way of them seeing what you're up to? Are you both active on any particular? Is it Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook or what's your kind of? Which one? So Insta at Serenity Massage Therapy. Fantastic. And you. I have um I do have an Instagram and Twitter handle. They're the same, but I'm not particularly active on those. It's at Fiona underscore Higgs one. But I'm on Facebook much more. Um so if you want to find me and just add me as a friend or follow the Move Well Clinic, I'm Fiona MW Higgs um or Move Well Clinic. Exactly. Then you've got the Move Well website as well, which has probably got contact forms and things, yeah. which is move hyphen well, is it? .co.uk, indeed it is. .co.uk, so there's always that website as well. Um, and obviously a whole load of other stuff that both of you get involved in. It's not just women's health. Um, there's all other sort of activities which you're involved in and stuff. So, yeah, check them out. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, guys. Stick around because I want to say thank you to you when we go off air. But um, I'll just say thanks again to people who have joined us live. Um, Clinic Al. Look, I always think that's someone called Al, and I always get that wrong. Clinic Al, thanks for joining us, Al. Um, Anne Cochrane, good to see you as well. Steve Waterson, listening on my way home. Cheers all. And Louise Aker, once again, thank you, ladies. And Matt, thanks for adding me in there instead of just saying thank you, ladies. Thank you. Uh, but brilliant. Yeah, thanks, guys. We will be back uh, next Tuesday, so with part two of February Focus on Women's Health. Um, and my special guest is going to be Jenny Burrell. Um, who is going to be talking about menopausal transition and its effect on soft tissue, um, which should be uh, um, very interesting. This is going to be something um, I know that one of your episodes is going to be dealing with peri and uh, menopausal and all that. But, yeah, next week we've got Jenny Burrell on who will be going into uh, the effect that, that can have on soft tissues. And she's got a lot of exciting information about tendinopathies and all that sort of stuff. So that'll be next Tuesday. And you can tune in either if you want to join us live, you can tune in on the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page. Or if you don't want to be in Facebook, that's fine. I understand. You could go to YouTube and you could join the live stream there. Or if you're listening to the podcast in the comfort of your own home and time, then that's great. But the only price you have to pay is leaving a review or a rating, um, which would be much appreciated. So half of, of um, everybody here will hopefully see you next Tuesday. Take care of each other. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about it.